Francine, bringing you more reviews, recaps, and rants on all your favorite K-dramas. This is Drama Buds, an anime podcast. So hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds. I'm really pushing myself out of my comfort zone by watching a horror K-drama and doing a horror episode. But finally, finally it's time for me to watch The Guest, which has been on my watch list since forever. And I thought, you know what, this year, this Halloween, it's the time to finally watch this. So basic details about The Guest. This has the same PD as Money Heist Korea, same writers as Bulgasal Immortal Souls, and it stars Kim Dong-wook, who I've watched in You Are My Spring, and Along With The Gods, actually. It also stars Kim Jae-wook, who I've seen maybe in half of Crazy Love, and Jong Eun che who I've watched in Anna and Pachinko. So The Guest is about a psychic, an exorcist, and a cop who come together to hunt down a ghost that can possess people and the same ghost that killed their families when they were children. So let's start the super spooky episode of the day. And I promise there will be no jump scares today. But, you know, don't be afraid when you start hearing some things in the background. So let's start with the plot and characters. First, we have Yoon Hwa Pyong, played by Kim Dong-wook. So Hwa Pyong was born as a psychic in a family of shamans. And in their seaside village, there was this legend about this Parkildo, an evil spirit from like 40 years ago who would possess and kill people. And the man that he first possessed stabbed himself in the eye and then walked into the sea. And ever since then, the people in the village would hold rituals to keep the fishermen safe and to keep the guest, Parkildo, away. But they say that Parkildo and the lesser spirits who follow him can possess people who are you know, full of hate and make them kill others before killing themselves. So one day, when Wapyong was a kid, Parkildo possessed him and this led to his mom and his grandmother dying. When his father and grandfather called exorcists to, you know, come and drive the spirit away, the spirit jumped to the other priest instead, so Father Choi. And Father Choi, you know, being possessed now, went home and killed his parents, who he had some resentment for. And for some reason, Hwa Pyong could see through the possessed person's eyes. So he ended up recognizing where he went and followed him. And then, coincidentally, a policewoman and her daughter drove past them and saw this child, you know, waiting outside this house. And, you know, she went inside to investigate. So Father Choi ended up killing his parents and also killing the policewoman. But he was able to run away when the police came. And the only ones left there were Hwa Pyong, Father Choi's younger brother who hid from him while his parents were being killed, and the daughter of the cop. And that night, they were all left as orphans. So as an adult, Hwa Pyong is still looking for Father Choi and for Park Gildo. 
And when he sees what the possessed person is seeing, when they're ready to kill someone, he, you know, finds clues, he follows them, and he often runs into Kang Gilyong, a violent crimes detective, and Choi Yun, or Father Matthew, an exorcist. And as the only person who can literally see what this vengeful spirit is about to do, he can't ignore it. And he demands that others help him. So usually in my recaps, I would try to summarize the character's journey. And so now I kind of want to frame it as given that they all had this big traumatic incident and it really is very consistent in their characters how this one night affected them i want to frame their journey in terms of how do they want to get closure from what happened to them that night so for wapyong he'll get closure by chasing down father Choi and park ildo and stopping them from killing others and also killing you know whoever's possessed because he's carried the guilt of being a psychic and being possessed all his life. Like he thinks that because he's a psychic, because he got possessed, it's his fault that Father Choi got possessed. Not the demon. No, no, no. Hopyong carries that guilt with him. It's his fault in the first place for being so vulnerable or susceptible to being possessed because he's a psychic. And it's his fault that Father Choi got possessed. It's his fault that Yoon's parents died. It's his fault that Gil Yong's mom got involved and died trying to save everyone else. And so the only way for him to atone, you know, for his mere existence as a psychic, something that he couldn't control, the only thing he can do now is find Father Choi and find Park Ildo and finally get rid of him. So next, we have Kang Gilyong, played by Jong Eun-che. So Gilyong became a violent crimes detective, just like her mom, who was killed by Father Choi that night. And she also carries guilt from that night. Of course, that has deeply affected her. Because she got into a petty fight with her mom, who forgot her birthday. And, you know, Gilyong went out late with her friends because her mom was too busy investigating a case. And that night, she wasn't talking to her mom in that car ride. And then suddenly, you know, her mom left the car. And that was the last time she ever saw her mom. They were in the middle of a fight. She wasn't talking to her. But of course, of course, she directs that anger not only to herself, but also towards Father Choi, who is still at large 20 years later. They're still looking for him, or she's looking for him at least. So in the squad of these three, Gilyong is the rational one, right? She's not a psychic. She's not an exorcist. She's not into this for the supernatural stuff. She doesn't understand that. What she understands is that there's someone going on a rampage, stabbing people, plotting to kill people, and she's a cop. It's her duty as a detective to solve these crimes and to stop these killers. So of course, that's a point of conflict, you know, among her and the other two, because her duty first is to arrest people and then these two are kidnapping whoever's possessed and, you know, trying to interrogate them or exorcise them before she can start to do her job. But eventually, she understands and accepts that there's something otherworldly about these killers. These are not just normal murderers, not just normal people. Okay, there's something off about them and she needs the help of these two so that she can properly arrest them and actually, you know, follow due process. But to be honest, she never has a choice because Hua Pyong and Yoon just kidnap or start exercising this person when she has no say about it. So I, I feel for Gil Yong. I, I would be so stressed if I were her doing her job with these two. So Gil Yong, how does she get closure from that night, from that incident? I think becoming a cop, just like her mom, working with the people who knew her mom, being as reckless and persistent and rebellious somehow. You know, the typical uh, cop who doesn't care much about protocol and, you know, just wants to get to the truth and wants to capture the criminals. She's that kind of detective. 
in a way, very similar to her mom, that's how she keeps her mother's spirit alive. And eventually, she honors her mother by making sure that she didn't die in vain. She finds out what happened to Father Choi. She investigates the last case that her mother was investigating that time that she missed her daughter's birthday. And she makes sure that the person that her mother protected with her life, Choi Yun, survives and, and lives well. And moving on to the last member of our squad, we have Choi Yun or Father Matthew, played by Kim Jae Wook. So Yoon is an exorcist and the younger brother of Father Choi. So after his brother killed their family and ran away, he was an orphan and he was raised by priests and eventually he became an exorcist just like his brother was gonna be. You know, just like Gilyoung became a cop the way her mother was a cop. And as someone who is, yeah, exposed to demons and to possessions a lot, it didn't take him long to accept that his brother killed their family because he was possessed by a demon. Unlike Gilyoung who was, you know, a lot more skeptical it took her a lot more time to kind of get on board with helping Wapyong find Park Ildo. And he's willing to do that. He's willing to find Park Ildo and exorcise every demon that possesses these people because he's the only one with the power to do it. Wapyong can find them, Yoon can exorcise them. And for a while, he and Gilyoung didn't want to work with each other. Gilyoung saw him as the younger brother of the person who killed her mother. Obviously, she didn't like him, didn't trust him, and Yoon didn't think that they needed her, right? What would they need a cop for? But behind that, more importantly, Yoon just didn't want to involve more people because what he really needed closure from that night was the survivor's guilt, right? Because his whole family died, Gilyoung's mother died protecting him while he just hid under the bed and ran. And kind of like Hwapyong, he blamed himself for their deaths like he still carries that with him and wants to do what he can to atone for it and that's why in a way he also has a reckless rebellious attitude just like the two you know he exercises demons even if it's against protocol he's willing to go against that and just do it for the sake of doing it even if demons have cursed him to suffer and eventually die the more he encounters them and the more he performs these exorcisms and the thing is Yoon is willing to keep going and willing to commit the ultimate sacrifice of dying because he has the power to he's the only one with the power to exercise and because he carries the guilt of surviving. So, you know, he thinks he might as well die. If that's the sacrifice he has to make to repay the sacrifice that others have made for him to survive, he's willing to make it. And yeah, the emotional core of this show is that it's a story about grief and trauma and healing the children that were forever scarred by that dramatic night. Now, one of the best things about The Guest is really the pacing. It, it's jam-packed. It's non-stop. We don't know much about their lives outside of the big dramatic incident and outside of what's happening in the present. But it doesn't matter. 
It's one of those shows where I don't need to know what you did during your school years. I don't need to know if you have a lot of friends. I mean, I can kind of guess that because of how terribly this incident affected you, you didn't really develop in a very normal way. It's that kind of show where it just keeps going, going, going. And so you don't need all of those fleshing out details or filler details, to be honest, just to understand who this person is, how their mind works, and what makes them tick. They are complete <laughs> immediately from the get-go. Now, in terms of the pacing of the plot, the first few episodes were episodic cases, you know, possessed person of the week. And although in general, I like that because it keeps the show moving. It doesn't drag focusing on just one case bit by bit for four to six episodes. And that's why you need a lot of filler storylines and filler scenes and filler details about the character. You know, just to yeah stretch it out. But they didn't need that because they had enough cases and enough storylines to keep it moving, you know, every two episodes or even less. But the problem with episodic pacing is that usually because it moves so fast, the characters are just vehicles for the plot to move forward. You could say vaguely that, oh, yeah, they have something that happened. They have a character thing to deal with. You know, they're, they're not completely flat characters. But to be honest, they're mostly just there to keep the story moving. Now, the more I try to flesh out this critique, the more I realize how vague it is. <laughs> Wait, because, you know, the virtue of being the main character in the story is that you are the one that drives the story along. So why is that the problem? And because I can't stand by my opinion about the K-dramas that I would previously use to, to describe this. Like before, I would say, oh, while you were sleeping as an example of this. But I can't really stand by that right now. So I think I will use the Barbie movie as the example. If you listen to my third quarter recap, I kind of talked about that movie a bit and how I felt like the plot was moving very quickly, yes. And you could say that, yeah, our main character is uh, moving with it but the main character isn't really driving it forward she's being dragged along by how fast the story is moving and more importantly i'm not invested in the investment of these characters in the conflict i don't care about how much they care about it so that's usually my problem with these fast-paced episodic cases but in the guest with every new case it's bringing the characters together it's addressing why they need each other and why they need to believe in Hwapyong and help him even if the nitpicker in me wants to say oh it's awfully convenient that they come across these possessed people in these cases so easily so quickly you know everywhere they look a new possessed person pops up although yes I could say that I'm interested I'm interested in what will come next because their dynamics are so deeply rooted in this big traumatic incident and in healing from that. The cases that come to them, yes, they're the plotty, plot-driven part of the drama, but the way they come together, they discover their shared past so they can defeat Park Ildo together, that's like the undercurrent of everything. And that's why to me, it's very plot-heavy, yes, but it's also deeply character-driven because the big traumatic incident of their past carries so much weight within each of them. Now, towards the last third of the show, it stopped being a case of the week show and more of a, you know, who done it? Like, who did Park Ildo really possess after Hwapyong? And by then, yeah, it slowed down a lot. But by then, I cared so much about these characters and their relationships. And Park Yeldo was really just trying to ruin their lives and ruin the people that they cared about. That I already began to care about because they cared about them. So yes, even with a fast-paced plot, even when that slowed down, it was my investment in these characters and their relationships because the high stakes got even higher. 
성부와 성자와 성령의 이름으로 기도드리옵나이다. 성 미카엘 대천사님, 싸움 중인 저희를 지켜주시옵소서. 악마의 사악함과 속임 수에서 저희를 보호하소서. 세상을 쏟아낸 사악함과 Now I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I'm not good with horror. In any form of media, if it's a film, a TV show, a video game, especially video games, I really can't handle horror video games. I- I'm very anxious <laughs> and squeamish and jumpy, and I also have a very vivid imagination. It's just not a good combination, me and horror. And I think that's such a shame. Okay, I feel like horror is a very interesting genre that can explore a lot of themes that I would be interested in, except, you know, at the cost of being afraid of closing my eyes at night. That's the kind of person I am. Most horror K-dramas are really just thrillers with a bit of a, a horror twist, supernatural twist. The guest falls under, I guess, the supernatural horror genre. It's about demons and ghosts and possessions. Park Ildo as our, our big bad, you know, our villain spirit, he's not very complex. He doesn't have any deep reasons to be a ghost or to be evil. He's just the epitome of pure evil, okay? He wants to find a host that can handle his power and he wants to cause as much chaos and kill as many people as he can. He's evil. So it's not so much the villain or the ghost itself that's scary. The horror of the show is that people become vulnerable to possession when they have a lot of hatred in them that they can't express. You'd think that people who get possessed are probably bad people. They probably have that badness in them and the demon just wants to exploit that. But over and over again, this drama shows that the devil possesses people who are victims as well. Victims of abuse, victims of bullying, who become so full of hurt and hatred that they become susceptible to possession. And it actually asked at one point, if the demon preys on those who are full of hate because of these terrible acts, is it just the demon's fault or is it just the person's fault? Or is it also partially the fault of the person who hurt them? who caused them to develop so much hatred in them that a demon was able to exploit that and turn them into a murderer. It's why the squad always aims to, you know, exorcise the demon and not kill the possessed person because they know that it is the demon causing them to do this. And that's also something that Papyong, you know, has to wrestle within himself. Is it really his fault that all of this happened? Is he to blame for the death of his mother or his grandmother when he was like an actual kid? Or was it just purely Parkildo? And this drama also shows evil people who don't need to be possessed to do evil things. The director himself said in the ending that they wanted to explore the idea that evil starts within us. You know, that there is a bit of evil or hatred or hurt inside everyone, even those that the characters trust the most. So when we know that someone could be possessed, but our characters still trust them, I'm not annoyed, I'm terrified. Because I can't blame them for still trusting these people. Because we would never think that the people closest to us are vulnerable to that kind of evil. Could hurt them like that. And no one is spared, really. There's no character who is spared from like the possibility of being possessed or having been possessed in the past. I'd say horror factor, I'd rate it 6, 6 to 7 out of 10. It doesn't rely on jump scares a lot, but mostly disturbing images. Images of, you know, ghosts piled on top of each other, screaming, clawing at, at doors, trying to get to someone that they want to possess. I'd say trigger warnings include, obviously, a lot of blood and gore and body horror, self-mutilation, use of knives, images of you know, suicide. It's really bloody. If you're squeamish, all you can do is look away. 
But in fairness, I could still sleep. I could still close my eyes at night and not think that there's something out there looking at me, waiting to possess me, hopefully. I don't like saying that I'm not scared of ghosts because that opens you up to them proving you wrong, that you should be afraid of them. So I'm not gonna say that. But yes, it's a solid 6 out of 10 in the horror factor scale for me. So that's it for me today. In general, I could say the acting is great, right? They have such great cast chemistry and individually, Kim Dong-wook, Kim Jae-wook, Jung Eun-che, they're so good at looking like they're being tortured by this. They look like they're in so much pain and I love it. The directing, the cinematography, top-notch. The night scenes in this show, oh my god, the colors go so wild. Don't think about the light source, don't think about why it looks like this. Don't even think about that. It just looks good. And it adds to the atmosphere and this feeling that you never know when someone could be possessed, when this is the moment that Park Gildo shows himself. Oh, and the music and the score are so good. If you heard in the background, that's music from the show. It's creepy, it's intense, we love it. Any negative aspects? Okay, after re-watching the explanation of the final villain in the last episode, I won't spoil anything, I have some questions. If anyone can help me answer some questions about, you know, the events of the show, please DM me, please hit me up on Discord. Uh, I don't like using the word plot holes. I mean, I feel like we often misuse that, and so I, I refrain from using it. But a part of me does feel like, for the sake of having that big twist, there were some details that I couldn't really wrap my head around. That's why I don't want to call it a plot hole, because it could just be me who didn't understand it, but others did. Sorry, plot holes is like a pet peeve of mine. I hate using that term. Anyway, in general, 8.5 out of 10. Would highly recommend if you really want a fast-paced, great binge with like solid characters, solid squad relationship. That honestly, I would rewatch this because I miss them, because I miss the trio so much. Even if it's horror, even if I'm not gonna get anything new out of it, I just wanna see them together again. But yes, I hope you enjoyed our first horror episode of this Halloween season. Stay tuned next week for another super special, spooky Halloween episode. But that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon.